Good morning. I'm going to start by reading our scripture for today. And many of you kids, you got a Bible, um, not the Action Bible, but the other Bibles. And our scripture reading is from Deuteronomy chapter 6. So, and adults, you can do this too. There's a pew Bible in the front. So Deuteronomy, right? So it, go to the beginning of your Bible, right? And we've got Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and then Deuteronomy, okay? So put that Bible to use. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 through 7, is our scripture reading. And I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation because that's the, the um, version that was uh, given to the kids. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when they're at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. So this scripture is what calls us to pass the faith on to our children. Right, that's what we're celebrating today. That's what we're looking towards. All right, now, uh, next slide, please. What the? 25? What does that mean? Does, that, does anyone know what that's for? Does that mean anything to anyone, 25? How about yours? Because for me, that's uh, roughly how long I've been a part of this church. 25 years. Now, I know what you're all thinking. When did you get a mullet? <laughs> Believe it or not, uh, this wasn't planned. I just figured, uh, uh oh, where'd my slide go? There we go. All right. I just thought it'd be pretty funny to put uh, Pastor Joe up there with a the mullet. Um, for those who don't know me, my name is Brian Crafts, and I am 27 years old. Now, if you do the math, that means I was roughly two years old when my mom first brought me here a quarter of a century ago. And to be frank, that's actually not something I think about too often, but I'll get to that shortly. Now, what is strange is me talking in front of the church, especially two weeks in a row. Yeah. By the way, I still have not had anyone approach me about joining the tech crew. <laughs> that offer still stands. You know, you can see us. Um, based on his text message asking if I would be willing to come up here and speak, even Pastor Joe knows that I am not the type of person that likes to speak publicly. I told him I would need a couple days to think about it, but little did he know, I had actually already started thinking about what I was gonna say, or try to, at least. <laughs> Funny how that works. A few days went by, and to his surprise and mine, I agreed to do it, and now here we are. Some of my earliest memories are of this church and the people within it. The sanctuary was significantly different, has been through a lot of changes, but all for the better. I even remember when the projector and the drop-down screen were installed. I remember before the gymnasium and classrooms were built, 
The coffee hour was where the welcome center and kids' church classrooms are. I attended Sunday school for each grade. By the time I was 13, I started to help out in the tech booth. I was running the slideshows and occasionally helped with audio. This was when the tech booth moved to the coat closet, and I would typically have Russ Merrill sitting next to me at the soundboard as I progressed through the slides. On a side note, these photos are from when I was roughly in the youth group, and I didn't have any older photos to work with. Part of not telling anyone I was speaking today was trying to find photos without asking anybody. So I went to my mom's Facebook page instead. Thank you, mom. Before making my mostly permanent move to behind the scenes as I got older, I participated in plenty of Christmas pageants and Children's Day celebrations. I even played the mandolin as Bob Cockins played guitar during one service. Around the time I joined the youth group, I received the key to the church. So I was able to set up sanctuary for various youth group events like game nights, movies, graduations. Talk about a lesson in responsibility. My time in the youth group was memorable and I always looked forward to the various things we would do. Going to winter camp up in New Hampshire, playing broom hockey out in the parking lot, going to cookouts and campfires at the Nebus, even just setting up a TV and playing video games in the gym. I always enjoyed getting together with the other kids and having a safe place to hang out, have fun, and learn about God and the Bible. The reason I don't think about how long I have attended this church is because it has always been a part of my life. It's like a second home of sorts. It's familiar, has always been there, and I don't think twice about coming here. Now, Christy does an excellent job with the tech booth scheduling, but I don't always look at it or even remember who's scheduled, since I know I'll usually be here anyway. Sorry, Christy. So to finally address the topic of Pastor Joe's request, how has growing up in the church helped my faith? Within the context I just provided, at the root of each example, were the various adults of this church putting time and effort into programs and activities for kids. As kids, we look towards adults for guidance and direction. Growing up here, surrounded by a church family who is passionate about worshiping God, created a strong foundation for my faith when I was young. As the years progressed, that faith continued to grow and build upon that foundation, further solidifying that Jesus is my savior. I can't speak as to how things may have been different had I not been as involved, but I do know the reason my faith in God is as strong as it is, is because of how much time I have spent here beyond Sunday morning service. It's one thing to hear God's word during a sermon, but to actually see, feel, and live it through the various interactions and activities with our church family, it brings it depth, especially for young, impressionable kids such as myself all those years ago. In 2018, I flew down to Puerto Rico with a group from the church on a mission trip to help with some rebuilding after Hurricane Maria devastated the island. Part of my decision to do this was because of the many mission trips I grew up hearing about. As adults, it's important to remember that the children of this church are watching all of us collectively. Our actions, the way we worship, how you volunteer or participate in something. And you never know, it might just be something that you do that adds a little extra concrete to the foundation of a child's faith. And with that said, I would like to thank all of you for being a part of my church family. Thank you, Brian. See, I knew I, I knew I was smart asking him to, to share. I knew he had some good things to share in there. And one of the things I want to point out, both in our scripture and from Brian's testimony, is that our faith is a process that we start when we're little, and then hopefully our parents, but then our church family help 
um, show how each step uh, is important and how to take the next step. In Deuteronomy 6, 7, again, I just read that, this repeat them. This is the commands of God again and again uh, to your children. Uh, talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, when you're getting up. This idea of our faith isn't just a certain chore to do, but rather it's a relationship with our Heavenly Father. And in fact, the, the main command, it talks about, you know, repeat them, repeat the commands, give the commands. In the context of verse 5 is, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So our faith, whether we're 5 years old or 95 years old, it's about a path, a way, a relationship of love to God. So, you know, kids that are in here, you might have a chore, right? You, maybe it's to unload the dishwasher. That's my chore um, <laughs> at home. And I probably have a, several more now. Um, but our faith is not like that. It's not a chore. It's not something you just do and check. It's, it's, a, it's a life process, right? That's why Proverbs 22, 6, and this is also in your, in your Bibles. I'll read from the New Living Translation. Uh, it says, direct your children into the path, the right path. And when they're older, they will not leave it. That's what our faith is like. It's a path. It's a way that we go upon. And Children's Sunday, we're celebrating that. We're celebrating that all has, God has done in our children's ministries, and we encourage one another, let's continue doing that. But one of the ways that we can help one another in this walk, adults, kids, is to realize that we always have another step to take. That compared to God, we're all just younglings, all right? We're all just little, even, has anyone ever known someone who's lived to 100 years old? All right, my great-grandmother lived to 102. Well, it was 104. See, no. I'm just, with my relatives, I'm just really messing up today. But 104. <laughs> But the thing is, is even that 100-year-old person, compared to God, they're just a kid. That's why a part of our um, Christian education department, it's talking about helping the children of God take the next step. But that includes us all, because any, we're all children compared to God, whether we're 5, 25, 55, 95, and we all have steps to take. Brian gives this, his testimony that, that, yeah, when he was younger, he took a step, and now he's older, and he's taken different steps because we all have something to learn, and that's really what, us, what I want us to grab onto, that this faith is a process. So what do you still have to learn? We asked that question, actually, to a few of uh, some adults and um, church members, and we have a short video of their testimony. What do you still need to learn? If you'd play that video. Um, I'm retired, of course, and have been retired for several years, but God has been very good for me uh, in that he has shown me how to be, how to deal with 
the time that is now available to me. I know I was working all the time when I was younger, but God is showing me that there still are things that I can learn, things that I can do, uh, ways that I can be closer with him. And I'm very thankful. Learning in life, like how to like be less frustrated and less like mad with yourself. Uh, well, like everybody needs to learn and I do too. And I feel like that would get me and like a better, better mental and physical health not stressing all the time and stuff like that you have to learn in life um but i guess two two main things come through one that i need to stop worrying trying to control stop all of those things fill in the blank right um in order to just rely on god um so often that happens that you you realize if I would just rely on God that I wouldn't have all of these things happen. So I need to, yes, yeah, stop worrying, rely on God would be the first. The second for me would be to think before I speak. Um, so considering the power of the tongue, I'm somebody who kind of thinks out loud um, and it would really be, um, that is something I really need to learn um, daily. I work on thinking before I say something out loud. Um, so, I think I need to learn patience because I had a rough upbringing and patience was not anything that they practiced in my growing up. It was very rough and so I need to learn patience because I get really impatient real quickly and which leads to sometimes anger, which I, it's not as bad as it used to be when I was growing up. It was, anger was a way of survival. So that's was, that's sort of my go-to mechanism, and, you know, naturally to cope with things. I lean too much on anger, but that's something that I need to really work on a lot because it's just, uh, it's brought me to like dark, dark places where I shouldn't be a lot of times. So that's something that, I'm a lot better, but I still I could get much better on that. I think to be not um, overboard on certain things because it might like hurt other people's feelings. Like sometimes I don't think before I speak, and that might like hurt somebody's feelings or like harm their like like uh, self-esteem. And um, it would get me to be like more friendly around people. And I think I'll just be a better overall person. Yeah, so I think one of the things that I have learned it, but I still need to keep learning it, is understanding my identity as a child of God. I think the more that I understand that, the more that I learn that and kind of um, make that a big part of my life and, and absorb that into everything I do, I think that's going to continue to change my life for the better and help me know God um, and live the way he invites us to. I think the other thing I still want to learn is how to fold fitted sheets well. It continues to evade me. Second one that I've learned was um, just knowing that even though you may not know exactly what the end result will be within any of your decisions, trust and know that God has you. No matter what the decision is, 
God knows what's going to happen and he's going to do the best that he can because he knows what's going to happen to just use you if you allow him to in a way that will just provide lots of good in this world. And so even if you think you made a mistake, that's okay because more often than not, it's those mistakes that allow you to grow and allows other people to grow as well and say, oh, this person isn't as perfect as I thought they would be. I can do that too. And so that's something I would love to share with you and, and I hope you receive it well. So we all have something um, we need to continue learning. And the reason, again, is that our faith is a process. And so you heard from many different people, different times in life, some things we have to relearn. And Tom was talking about being retired. One of the things he had to relearn was how do I use my time now? It's different. My schedule's different. So what, whatever we learn or relearn, it's because we're first of all learning about who God is, right? And that takes some things. But then we're also, and this is especially when we're young, we're learning who we are. That we each have different strengths, so kids, as you kind of figure out what you're good at and what you have difficulty with, um, certain things that you struggle to do and certain things that come easily, sort of kids, that's where you're learning who you are, and that's a part of it. And then as you learn who God is as well. So that's why this is a process and there's constantly learning. And then adults, a lot of times we have a good handle on, on who we are. We still need to learn who God is, but that means, doesn't mean we're done because then we go into different times of our life. It's like riding a bicycle. All right, so who rides a bicycle or who knows how to ride a bicycle, I should say, because some of the older folks were like, I don't ride a, I don't ride a bicycle anymore. I know how to, but old bones men slow, so I'm <laughs> off that bicycle. But... You know, we start off sometimes with training wheels, right? And you learn how to ride a bike, but then you lose the training wheels, but you're not done. Because sometimes you're like, well, I know how to ride a bike on pavement, but it's a whole different thing when you're starting to ride a bicycle where there's uh, roots and, you know, off-road. Wendy and I went to um, Amsterdam in the Netherlands several years ago, and they, everyone rides a bicycle there, but they have different rules and laws, and so we had to relearn all of those things. So we're never done learning. We learn about God, and then we learn about ourselves, but the important thing, the key to learning, so children especially, and, and adults too, but as we figure out who we are, and Olivia mentioned this in her testimony, the key is to bring all of these things to Christ. What we're strong at, what we're weak at, our, the particular temptations we have, we take all of the things that we learn about ourselves and we bring them to Christ so that he can direct our path and he can direct us on a path bigger than ourselves. So kids, you know, our, our culture will tell you, oh, you need to find out who you are. We find out who we are, who we were made to be through our creator. We need to know God and he created us. He'll let us know who we are. Because he'll put us on a path greater than ourselves, a path to knowing God and enjoying him forever. A path where God takes you as you are but then he grows you. He grows you into who he made you to be. And that means you'll have to give certain things up. It means you'll have to take certain things on. 
but God will be with you and he will grow you to who you were meant to be. And that's a process. It's a process that we don't finish when we're kids. It's a process that we continue to go on because as a Christian, even if you learn a lot about who God is and you learn about who you are, you're not done because then you need to help somebody else take a step towards God. That's what parents do, lifting up the next generation. That's what we're doing today with our um, children's ministries. We're celebrating that as a church, we're helping other people, every child of God. And it's not just children, it's children of God who are 95 years old as well, taking, helping people take a step towards Jesus. That's what we're celebrating today so that even if you learn a lot about who you are, who God is, then you need to learn how to help other people take a step towards Jesus. Because if you're a Christian and you're not helping other people take a step towards Jesus, you're not growing. You've stunted your growth. So God calls us not just to become all he made us to be, but to help others in that process too. Help someone else take a step towards Jesus. So we always have something to learn. Because sometimes we will just stubbornly teach something in a way that worked for us, but doesn't work for other people. That's why we need to learn about other people. Even if we know a lot about God and know a lot about ourselves, we need to know a lot about the other person who we're trying to help take a step towards Jesus. Because a part of helping anybody take a step is understanding what step they need to take. It's understanding them. And that's one of our challenges, right? is often we misunderstand people. We don't understand them very well, so we have trouble helping them take a step. This is especially true with teenagers, right? We always say, oh, I don't understand teenagers, teenagers, blah, blah, blah. Well, do we stop and ask them? Do we listen? Well, if you haven't, you're going to now, because we have another short video. We asked a couple teenagers, what do adults misunderstand about teens? I feel like adults mostly misunderstand about teenagers is like that I think they feel like they're we're a lot lazy and we're not like all active and stuff like that like they think we're just mostly fixated on just like social media and just staying inside and all that stuff um I think one thing that adults misunderstand about teenagers is that they um make bad decisions because um they may be impulsive and not think about the consequences before they make their decisions and while that might be true to some extent i think teens are um capable of um weighing the pros and cons before making their decisions and i think they also um have a very d different insight as opposed to an adult on um different topics and they may come up with a more creative um i guess decision so we could take a long time and unpack each one of those things but i think the takeaway here is you know 
kids, teenagers, they're people. They're made in the image of God, and just like every adult is different. Every adult has things that they struggle with, good, th you know, things that they're, each person is an individual. And so don't assume. Get to know people. Get to know the teens. Get to know the kids, because you want to know how they can take a step, but you don't know them personally? How are you going to help them take that step? So, for instance, you know, um, many kids do spend a lot of time inside and kind of inactive, but don't assume that of Eric. I mean, Eric is, plays lots of sports. He's here pretty much every Sunday. He goes to youth group. You assume that of Eric. You're not going to help him take a step. Or as Joseph said, you know, we assume that all teenagers are impulsive. Well, some teenagers are really, they really look into pros and cons of all their options. And so if we immediately assume, oh, impulsive and whatever, no, you might be missing an opportunity to help that teen or help that kid take a step. So how do we learn? How do we always learn? Yes, about God, about ourselves, but then how do we learn about how to help other people? Listen. We listen to one another. If we would just do that, we would be able to help one another take a step. That goes for teens and adults. If we would just listen to one another, to get to know to one another, then we understand one another's struggles and what each person might need to do to take that step. And that builds trust. And you know them better so you can help that other person. Again, this is teens or adults. Take that next step. Instead of ranting and raving, oh, kids these days, they're so lazy. That's my old man voice. Um, now, pretty soon I won't have to do a different voice because I'll be an old man and that'll just be my regular voice. It'll be an old man voice. Uh, so a few more years, but you know. In my day, we worked 23 hours and only slept one and we liked it. We loved it. Um, No, we need to listen to kids because we want to help them take a step from where they are, not from where we think they should be or where we were at that time because they're a different person. They're at a different place. And so many times we are thinking about, well, they should do this or they should do that. No, we come to where they are. And this goes for every person, not just teens. And why? Why do we do that? Because that's what Jesus did for us. He came to this world. He came from heaven to earth, as we sang in that first song, to show us the way. He took on our sin. He took on the suffering and shame of our world as it is, so that then he could remake us and grow us into all that God meant us to be. So why do we listen? Why do we go to the person and understand where they are? Because that's what Jesus did for us. He takes us as he is, as we are. And so come to Jesus no matter where you are, but then understand he's going to grow us. He's going to help us on that path towards God, towards knowing him. It's a lifelong process. So this Sunday, yes, we're celebrating kids. We're celebrating our children's ministries. We're celebrating that 
we've been given this task as parents, as a church, to help the next generation take a step towards Jesus. But as I just said, one of the best ways that we can show that, and Brian mentioned this in his testimony, is to make sure that we're taking a step ourselves. So that when kids, they don't, they, they just see, oh, look, this person, you know, they're 80 years old, but they're still taking a step towards Jesus. That means I should as well. They're still learning and they're looking to help other people. That kind of thing is contagious. That kind of thing is more caught than taught. So one of the best things that we can do is, yes, continue to support our children's ministries, but it's also take a step ourselves, continue to learn, continue to listen to every person in the church so that you can then say and know how to help them take a step, whether they're in the nursery or kids' church or teen or all the way up to 95. We can help one another take that step towards our God because we are his children, whether we're five or 95. Let's pray. Let's pray. Uh, dear God, as we sing this last song, we pray that you would help each of us to take a step of grace and mercy towards you. Um, Lord, we put this time in your hands and pray that you would work through this time, through this time, in Jesus' name. Amen.